Some people say why, but I say why not. And then those same people say, no, seriously, why are you doing this? It's week one of Despicable May on today's. Clap along if you feel like three girls and a group. Clap along if you feel like minions are real cute. Clap along if you feel like podcasts are an oversaturated market. Clap along if you feel like we're not affiliated with Netflix. Welcome to Kidflix. Despicable May, a month of exploring the highest grossing animated film franchise of all time with enough merchandising opportunities that would make the Charles Schultz estate shudder. This show is not for kids, so turn this off and bribe a carnival man and then nearly murder him. Uh, so my guest today to begin this wonderful, uh, exciting time is, uh, she's a returning guest. It's Tess Lieberson. Hello. Comedian it's, it's and Despicable improviser. I. I'm here. Happy to be here. But yeah, uh, Despicable Me is the highest grossing animated film franchise. That's outrageous. It's a couple points higher than Toy Story. Yeah. Wow. I can't even think of that many franchises, but it seems like there are some that would be more popular. Yeah. Considering I've never seen any of these, and I... Well, maybe if I knew children, it would be different. I do Uh, know children, but if I knew, you know, like, movie-attending children. Yeah, I mean, it's higher than, uh, what's it called, Shrek. Oh. I forgot what it was called. When they say highest grossing, do they mean total sales? Because, like, there are more people in the world since Shrek came out. Yeah. You know? Um... I don't know if Wikipedia is updating these for It should inflation. really be like per capita. Like how many people... <laughs> per household, how many people are seeing yeah, Despicable Me? Because inevitably it will go up because their population is growing. Yeah. So I will say um, Shrek and Despicable Me are within $200 million of each other. Oh, well, that's chump change. Yeah, so Despicable Me is $3.7 billion, Oh, my God. <laughs> and Shrek is $3.5 And you know billion. what? I bet if we dug into this, if we did a little muckraking, none of those minions got a cent. This no, is that I minion mean, labor is well, is the new cause. We all famously remember in Despicable Me One that we just finished watching that grew. He had exciting plans, but none of that involved giving the yeah. minions a raise. And yet here they are, facing you know death and destruction at every you know. Where's the personal development? Where's the professional development? Where's the HR department? Exactly. Is a uh, hopefully we <laughs> find out uh, if. The old man HR. Dr. Nefario. Thank you. Dr. (laughs) Nefario is the HR rep in subsequent movies. Um, So so we're starting things off, obviously, with the first uh, Despicable Me movie, which came out in 2010. Um, And you told me that you have have not seen these movies? I have never seen it. I am aware of them. I've been aware of them for a long time because the the merch is around everywhere. I think it's very easy to sell those little yellow plush things <laughs> have you seen those weird phone cases where it's a minion yes and, and they're, they're and i'm like how can those fit in a pocket yeah that's my thought too it doesn't they never yeah. do i guess when you get one of those you're like i don't need to hide this i want everybody to see it but when we were watching it i did remember that my brother who worked at a job a couple like last year where and it was a very boring office job where he was surrounded by like four middle-aged women and at least three of them their desks were covered with minion items Covered. Covered. I think, because I, I would ask him, like, oh, so what are your coworkers like? And he's like, well, they like minions. Anything else about them? Nope. That's all <laughs> there is to know. So they are really engineered to uh, appeal to all 
all demographics, I think. So yeah, I, I mean, can it, understand why it's so popular. Well, I think you, you said during the movie, I bet the Universal kind of just need, were like, we need something that's really marketable. Well, yeah, what was going on in the world? You know... This was 2010. Right, so like, this was probably hatched during the recession, and they were like, we need something fetal-like, soft, kind of looks like a pill or a suppository, uh, or a stress ball, something that will appeal to everyone and will be really easy to draw so we can draw thousands of them. Yeah, and uh, this w- this also happened during uh, the debates over the Affordable Care Act. Ah, uh, yes, those death panels. Yeah. Was that this time? Um, I think around that okay. time. Okay, you know it all. And I mean, when there's super villain villainry around, that's all about death panels. Certainly. Despicable um, <laughs> me, more relevant than ever. Totally. Oh man, what would Gru be like in the Trump era? <laughs> oh my God, he. Well, he. We saw a real soft side of him. Yeah. He is a single parent. Um, I wonder where his his wealth comes from. Uh, though apparently that might be answered in some of the yeah we movies. so we've heard a uh, um, friend of the podcast Alyssa Epstein who's currently, currently. taking a nap. <laughs> nope she's alive she's awake oh, she's awake uh, she's not on the podcast this episode uh, but she she says she gave a little spoiler so spoiler alert um, that apparently um, we learn about Gru's uh, perineage uh, later because mm. um, we know his mom is just kind of not impressed with him. Right. Even though that also, that didn't have to be in the movie at all. No, but I mean, it. I think it was supposed to show the motivation of why he wanted to steal the moon so badly. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess that's where him being a villain comes from, perhaps. Do you, what, what do you think your supervillain origin that's story would be? One of the questions you I had get, for you, too. Ooh, okay. Well, it was similar. I'll ask my similar question. Sure. My origin... Uh, I think, well, I went to camp a lot as a child, so I feel like it would come from, you mean like, where does my, my will to evil come from? Mm-hmm. Will for evil. Something like I get really involved in some kind of like multiplayer game at camp where I'm arbitrarily paced, placed on the evil team, and then I like really do well at that, and I think, okay, I'll continue this. Yeah, that I, that's actually probably close where I would put it, because I was thinking more so... Um, how I don't really, I'm not really competitive unless it's thrust upon me, then I become the most competitive person uh-huh. ever. And so I feel, um, I could, my origin story lies in like one particularly intense game of ultimate frisbee uh-huh. or, Ooh, no Gaga. <laughs> oh yeah. Gaga is camp. cutthroat. I can't play that anymore. And Mostly the, because I don't like bending down that much, but also. <laughs> well, like in the third act of my, in, of the movie where I'm the villain, we flash back to camp and I keep getting ganged up on yeah. because people are like, oh, Ross isn't athletic. Let's yeah. hit his legs as they, quickly as And they as violate the no headshots rule. Oh, so much. Yeah, yeah, and the yeah. counselor's like, cut it out. But <laughs> they don't. Yeah, it's tough. Well, my question to you was sure. going to be, if you were a villain, what would be your focus? So like, Gru steals things. That's a big deal. Vector also steals things. Yeah. Or he, uh, I guess like... Uh, marine life. <laughs> you just focus. mess up marine life. <laughs> yeah. Um, hmm. I feel like because it's uh, got to be evil mayhem with no purpose. Yeah, I guess. I guess it would probably. Honestly, I'm thinking kind of I'd be like the Joker mm. or the Riddler, just kind of uh, fun, whimsical riddles and jokes, but with a with an evil twist. Um, or maybe, ooh, you know what? Have you seen the Mel Gibson movie, The Beaver? 
No. Okay, so I've never the... even heard that sentence before. <laughs> so in the Mel Gibson movie The Beaver, um, <laughs> Mel Gibson is depressed and he starts talking exclusively by uh, holding a beaver puppet. Okay. And using that, I feel like that would be like my evil shtick. Mm. Like, would you have of... a puppet avatar? Yeah, that I mm. that people would be like, "What are you doing?" And then I'd, be, I'd like motion to my hand with like a. Um, a knowing look. Yeah, like a little cow puppet. <laughs> like, I think um, yeah, what I was you? trying to think my my villainous thing would be everything I thought of would end up helping somebody. So I would like Aww. I would like mess up people's parking, but only to prove to them that like we need to move away from fossil fuel eating vehicles. You know, that would be like my ultimate endgame. Um, oh, spoilers for endgame. Uh, I haven't seen it and don't care. Um, that's the full disclosure. That's okay. <laughs> um, I, it would be really hard cause I don't want to cause mayhem. You know, the world is already mayhem enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, if you can't beat them, join them. Yes. <laughs> well, sure. I, well, you know what? Here, I'll pose you this. Um, if you are in evil, what's kind of like how Gru gets the the little girls in the the recital and that kind of turns them good what do you think would be your Mm. catalyst for good uh probably like really like i would be running around doing all my my evil things and then one day like i have to wait for my plan to be completed and i would like see the sunset and be like really moved by nature uh so something where i would have to like slow down and realize like the world is beautiful as it is i shouldn't mess it up I think that's sweet. What would be your catalyst for good? Um, I think, uh, <laughs> I think it would be like um, food critic Anton Ego in <laughs> Ratatouille that I would just uh, either eat something or be or see a very small thing that reminds me of my childhood, and uh, I flash back, and uh, the warmth in my heart returns. Yeah, we're only a couple of steps from becoming good or evil, I suppose. One game of Gaga turns you evil. One little, you know, <laughs> one taste cracker of, yeah. turns you good. Ooh, that reminds me. I don't think I've said this on the podcast before, but um, when I was uh, little, like maybe five or six, a snack that I would make for myself was <laughs> ketchup on saltines. Oh, that sounds nice. Did you ever read that book, Slake's Limbo? No. It's I don't know if it was popular at all, but I read it, and it's about this boy who lives in the New York City subway system. He's homeless, and that's the... That's the meal that he like makes for himself from things scrounged from the diner in the train station. So you're saying I have the the background of a literary uh, symbol. That's right. Great. <laughs> um, there's also uh, I oh my god I can't think of the name of this book. I think it's called Funny Funny Boy or something. Okay. And it's like a kid superhero who it's like Superman, but if he was just like a goofball. Yeah. <laughs> and super goof. And he eats food and like he embodies it. So like he eats an onion and he starts crying. Oh wow. That or, sounds like, like a like, like a gateway portal for Catholicism. Transubstantiation, you know, taking communion. Is that what communion's all about? Oh my god, where have you been? What do you mean where have I been? Synagogue. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, but geez. Yeah, the the wafer is it it's Christ's body. Really, I was about to make a jumbo joke. Should I say it? No. Here's my jingle for communion. Oh god. Wafer, they got just what I need. What? <laughs> the Wayfair jingle. Oh, goodness. Um, okay, this has been Kid Flick. <laughs> sponsored by Wayfair, which... Uh, they got just what I need. 
uh, well, Ross just got his quilt from them, apparently. Yeah. That's what I learned earlier it's today. It's good. And Alyssa's currently snug as a bug in a rug. Yeah, she's good. Um, um, but check in. We've had our icy hot patches on our necks for about 45 oh, minutes. Yeah, okay. How's your fe- How is yours feeling? Yeah, so, well, first of all, background as to why we have <laughs> icy pa- hot patch. And we'll get to the movie in a second. Sure. Um, so I was in a, a fender bender the other day. I'm fine. <laughs> he was number three of three car pile yeah. up. Um, <laughs> and so I just had like a bad, uh, you know, crick in my neck. And uh, I didn't go to the hospital, even though my mom was like, what if you have a concussion? And I was like, eh, they'll just tell me to relax. So I didn't go, Um, which I don't know if that's true, but I feel fine. I'm hosting a podcast. (laughs) Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's number one in concussion protocol is can you host a podcast? (laughs) Who's Uh, the president? Um, What's the name of your podcast? Yeah, exactly. Um, Are you affiliated with Netflix? And Um, I'm wearing an icy hot patch just because I'm sore after sleeping. Yeah, that's I, all. <laughs> that is a thing that happens to me more yeah. so now, and I don't like it. I've, as I've aged, I've started to fantasize more about the ideal bed uh, because I'm more sensitive to bad beds. So I'm thinking about getting a memory foam topper. Mm-hmm. It's in my cart on Amazon. How but, many how many pillows do you use? Uh, like one and a half to two. Yeah, that's what I'm on. Uh, yeah. I, I used to be one, but now I need a little bit more. I use one for my knees, actually. That's the one I always use, and then it's... Uh, hmm. Sometimes oh, I've heard of that, that. That really helps you fall asleep quicker. Also, just... I just rubbed my eye, and these have menthol in them. <laughs> oh, uh, great. So the icy hot, um, yeah, we're about 45 minutes I to an hour. I am still in the icy stage. My Yeah, so usually, at least the I've done two of these already, and usually it like will be cold for a little while, and then it'll kind of like jump to really warm. I feel like we, you got icy icies, because these are... Mm, I, could go I mean, it feels icy. good. Yeah, oh, I'm loving it. ba da ba 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 What is happening today? There's a lot of product <laughs> this placement. Is me, this is me when I haven't recorded one in two weeks. <laughs> I'm going crazy. Also, to give you a setting of us watching Despicable Me, I walked here to this recording studio slash uh, movie My viewing bedroom, <laughs> bedroom uh, and it was pouring rain outside, and I walked for three miles because um, I'm an urban traveler. And my clothes were soaked. And uh, so right now I'm wearing Ross's pajama pants. And uh, my pants are drying. And we ate popcorn during the movie. Just want to give you a, you know, invite you into the, the, into uh, the tableau. Experience. Also, the internet started getting dodgy towards the end. Mm-hmm. So um, the, the big fun dance sequence uh, kept getting paused. I sensed it. I knew what was happening. Yeah. Um, I was very annoyed that there was a dance at the end. Did you see this in theaters? Um, in I don't, 2010? I don't, I, hmm, I don't think I did, but at the same time, like, it makes sense that I would, cause I would, I would have been, I think 14 when this came out, mm-hmm. maybe 13 still. And I don't know. I think probably I would have been a little old to see it in theaters, but I think once people started saying like, Oh my God, the minions are so funny. And this was from all ages. You were hearing people say that. Yeah. That's I mean, so weird. I, minion mania is in insane. Like Insania. how. um like i i can't think of the last time there was some character like that that was everywhere yeah i think it's because they're so cute and squishy Mm -hmm. and easy to draw and it's just like they're they're so unobjectionable like they're not reminiscent of any kind of humanoid creature except they have eyeballs uh and they wear overalls 
which with big, no shoulders. It, that was one of my notes. <laughs> it says no shoulders to hold up overalls, similar to how Arthur the Aardvark wears glasses, but his oh, yeah. ears are on the top of his head. Oh, also that reminds me. So uh, when I, when you said, "Ooh, do you have popcorn?" and I said, "Yes, I do," um, uh, I found on IMDb someone wrote in the fun fact section that the minions are genetically engineered corn kernels, <laughs> which I don't think that's true. I mean, but considering our country's addiction to corn. I can see why it's so yeah, appealing because we're all like corn syrup. Yeah, we're like, well, another good question there. What is their biological system like inside? They seem to be able to they survive can, uh, potassium only. Yeah, they eat a lot of bananas. Is that why they're yellow? Are they actually clear? Ooh, or oh. white? Like how flamingos turn pink because of all the shrimp they eat? Yeah, or that episode of uh, Magic School Bus where <laughs> Arnold eats a bunch of uh, fishy foods or whatever, like whatever knockoff goldfish, and then he turns orange. Oh wow. It's a great episode. <laughs> that hasn't stopped me from eating a lot of goldfish in my life, though. No. If anything, that probably made me more interested in goldfish. I agree. <laughs> I like it. What's your favorite goldfish flavor? Oh, plain. Yeah. I think the extreme flavors um, went too much. Like, I this don't think we needed This is how that. I feel about Cheez-Its as well. And um, I, I recently asked somebody I know who works in a grocery I... store, why are there so many Cheez-It flavors? And it's because uh, shelf space... Square footage is the ultimate sign of success for a product. So mm-hmm. if you have more products, you can get more shelf space. Yeah. But I'll, I'll give Cheez-Its a little bit more credit because um, I think the white cheddar ones are Excellent. better than I would think that they would yeah. be. And the, the Tabasco ones are pretty good, oh, too. Oh, I haven't had that. They're, oh, they're nice. They're nice. I like them. Um, back to the important matters at hand. Yeah. I was this... about to go back to Goldfish. <laughs> oh, oh, well, that's what I meant. <laughs> yeah, um, the pretzel ones are stupid. Pizza ones, I feel like. Oh, the pizza ones are garbage. I'm like, why are you trying so hard? Just let but us have pizza. the rainbow ones. Those don't have any flavors, right? They're just normal? Yeah. Yeah, that's fun. But it's fun. You can be like, I'm going to eat a purple one. Look yeah. at me. So... Uh, despicable me. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, they're squishy. They they got that cute voice, uh, which apparently there's individual voice actors for the three main minions. Yeah, I was trying to... Okay, so I was trying to confirm this and figure this out, but... Uh, Jermaine Clement from Flight of the Concords was Jerry, which... So when he, when Gru was like bringing people, like bringing the minions, he was like calling out their names. He was like, Jerry, Stuart. So there is a Jerry, and I think that's one of the main ones. Yeah, because it wasn't... It was like Phil, Harry, Brian. I'm like, why are they all male? So uh, uh, Kevin, Tim, Bob, Mark, Phil, Stuart, Dave, and Jerry. My God, this is a, this is a true... It's like the suburbs. Yeah. Um, well, because this guy, Pierre Coffin, he voices most of the minions. But it's... I don't understand but where... But how do, how do where do they come from? How do they reproduce? Well, I mean, we'll be talking about this in a couple weeks uh, when we watch Minions, oh, I the see. movie. Uh, and apparently that's like the origin story. All of your questions about Minions get answered. Wow. Um, also, so uh, I I have a little vendetta to pick with minions um so i teach hebrew school uh by the time this comes out not for long uh because you know i gotta move on but um so in judaism there's a concept called a minyan which is uh 12 uh adult jews is it a 10 um maybe it's in my head it's been 12 i'm pretty sure it's 10 10 to 12 (laughs) (laughs) adult jews um they like pray together and and it's like a quota the minimum quota needed for the the exactly prayers and the Kaddish. So I was trying to teach that to my students, and they just kept talking about the minions. Yep, a quorum of ten men. Damn it! Or in some synagogues, men and women over the age of thirteen required for traditional Jewish public worship. Yeah, I remember. I felt really cool the first time I was asked to be a part of a minion. Yeah. Uh, not a minion. I would never be a part of the minions. <laughs> They're 
too, they're too disorganized and silly. I mean, there must be a Jewish contingency of minions in the ranks of Gru's followers, right? Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of any of the <laughs> minions stuck out as Jewish. Well, as I mentioned when we were watching it, there is a clip of John Hamm being interviewed by Jon Stewart on The Daily Show with Jon Stewart years ago, like 2014, before he retired. And he's there to promote either Minions or the Despicable Me movie. And Jon Stewart makes a big joke about like, ah, Minion! And John Hamm, who's not Jewish, just like rolled right with it and he knew what a Minion was. It was very cute. Um, yeah, I'm looking on the, uh, uh, on the Wikipedia to figure out which Despicable Me movie John Hamm was in. Um, so I can say that he is not in two or three, so I guess he's got to be in Minions. Yeah, he's second build in the Minions movie. Playing... Herb, Herb Overkill. <laughs> Is that what? a minion or a man? I think it's a man. Does this movie pass the Bechtel test? Um, yeah. Um, yeah. wait. Miss Hattie talks to... The girls about, about not being adopted. And about cookies and the shame box. So they're talking about things that aren't men. Yeah, because I don't, I don't know if Margot, Edith, and Agnes have a conversation with each other, though, that isn't, that isn't either about... Um, Vector or grew. I feel like they they do, but Miss Hattie is but then a they, named female. Oh, character. they'll talk about like, oh, we want parents, but they always mention a mom and a dad. Right. So sorry. <laughs> um, doesn't pass the Bechdel test. Also, okay, the Minions movie has a wildly stacked cast, <laughs> and all, I'm excited for this now. It has Sandra Bullock, John Hamm, Michael Keaton, Allison Janney, Steve Coogan, <laughs> Jennifer Saunders, Jeffrey Rush. Wow. Everybody, everybody who's anybody. A veritable who's who. And I mean, for kids, they're like, who? Right. Because we're kids. Um, I guess it's for the parents. I guess so. Because that's the thing. If you if you, a parent goes into a movie, they're bored unless they recognize someone's right. name. I mean, I was voice. excited about that. I was like, oh, Jason Segel is voicing Victor Vector, the, the anti-villain. Yeah. And I, I briefly mentioned this during the movie. And I feel like there was a time towards the end and after How I Met Your Mother where everybody's like, cool, Jason Segel... He's part of the Judd Apatow crew. He's going to be all over the place everywhere. And that just is not the case. Uh, Are well, you a big was, J, J, J. Sieg Sieg's, fan? Uh, I know that he did the Muppet movie, which I've yes. never seen. It's good. I know he does it's more. It's very divisive. I think he does more writing than people realize, because I know he wrote that and he's written some other things. Yeah. And I talked about how he was in that weird Netflix movie about the afterlife. No, right? Um, oh, he, was also, he also made that weird movie, The Five-Year Engagement. Oh, yeah. Which I didn't like. I saw that in theaters. You with see my... so many movies. How I've... many movies do you see a week? Um, too many. Which is <laughs> why kid flicks has become uh, sometimes stressful for me. Uh-huh. Guys, I still love doing it. Don't worry. Um, but uh, it was definitely weird taking a week off and now jumping back into yeah. it. And I'm like, oh, it's the same. Because I see a movie probably t- twice a month. I would yeah. Say. I I think that's probably about the same. I'm, I've been going to the movies more and I love mm. it, but I'm eating much more popcorn. Oh, boy. Oh, did yeah, you yeah. get popcorn when you were a child going to the movies? Uh, yes. Oh, okay. We did not. We oh. snuck it in in our coats. One time my mom, I think I've talked about this. Uh, one time my mom <laughs> was like, we're not going to buy popcorn there. We'll pop it at home. And we got like Ziploc bags and filled them. And then when we got to the theater, the popcorn was like soggy and yeah. gross. And my brother and I were so pissed. You just got to like, keep it in the bag. Yeah. But also, I mean, like for three or four people... Uh, when we went to the movies as a family, like like seven bucks for like a thing of popcorn isn't crazy. Yeah, what's what was there like politics about who held the bucket or who was in the middle or who got it? Was, it was whoever was in the middle. Okay, um, who's in the middle of a four person 
Usually we would do, I think my parents would sit on the outside and then my brother and I would sit on the inside mm-hmm. unless we were fighting and then like my dad <laughs> would sit in between us. So yeah, whoever was like sharing the middle uh-huh. uh, armrest, they would be the ones I holding see. it. When I go to the movies now with my brother and Ross and I both have older brothers and they have the same name, uh, <laughs> you have to search to find what their names are. In previous podcasts, you can find out. But uh my when my brother and I go because my brother sees a lot of movies he will get popcorn and he is generous and he'll offer me some but he re- he is very very cognizant of how much we've eaten before the movie starts oh yeah he hates it if we're like more than a quarter even less than that if we're more than an eighth if down. it's like you're not just taking like one or two handfuls just to like satisfy yeah um we used to we had a saying in my family for years because my brother would get very pissy as a child and go say some for the movie <laughs> yeah my my brother is like that now but. Instead of using words, he just yanks it away from were me. Were you a family? Yes. Good. Um, second question. Did, um, were, you, uh, were you a Blockbuster family? No. So we went to a uh, mom and pop video store up the street called the Video Library, oh. um, which we called the Video Joint. It was my first job when I turned 17. Uh, That's so... I, yeah. I am like very upset that the video store industry collapsed like two or <laughs> three years before I was a- yeah, able to get a job. That makes sense because you're a couple years younger than me. Um, I won't tell them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was my first job. They have since moved locations and now gone out of business. But I guess it's the sort of thing that I can tell my kids one day, like, oh, yeah, I worked at a video store. What's that? You don't know what a video store is? You don't know what a video, video is. You don't know, you don't what, know what a store, store is. is. Let me tell you about money. <laughs> we used to have this thing called money in the Winter Olympics before global warming changed it all. But, uh, yeah, I worked there for four months or so. It was also an ice cream shop. So I would scoop ice cream. I was Wait, hold terrible. on. What? They also sold ice cream as a way to, like, expand clientele. So, like, was it a section of the video store had, like, an ice cream thing? Yeah, it was very minor. It just had, like, an ice cream freezer with, like, maybe four flavors. Oh, okay. So it's kind of like, like, almost like a concession stand within the store. Okay. And uh, I loved, I loved going there as a child. It was less exciting when I was an employee because it was kind of going the magic was ruined well yeah like netflix was coming up so it wasn't it just wasn't as busy there was mm-hmm. like maybe three employees there ever and usually it was one alone so i was there by myself which i didn't really mind um and you think like oh you get to watch a lot of movies but like customers interrupt you and the tv screen is across the room <laughs> yeah i'm watching this part of schindler's list um uh, the, the but, girl with the red coat is here. <laughs> this would have been the sort of movie that would have played a lot there because it is family friendly and and kids were there, so right. Um, oh, I remember. I was very, uh, I was very upset because I went into Blockbuster to rent Madagascar, uh-huh. and uh, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> when uh, I went in and I was excited, I was like, "Oh, do you have any more copies of Madagascar?" And they said, "Now we only have one, and it's the one playing on oh, the TV." Oh boy! I was like, "God oh, damn it! Fine, I guess I'll I'll get Shark Tale or something." So, what was your family's Blockbuster routine? Um, so we would go, cause we, we were like members, so we had the whole thing where like you could rent and keep them for as long as you wanted. We were fans of Blockbuster All Access. <laughs> we complained right when Blockbuster folded that, oh, they could have been so much better than Netflix, but they ruined it. <laughs> we, it's a, it's very contentious in the house, but, um, so we would go, um, we would probably get like two to three movies. We would get like one. On the, a weeknight or a weekend? Um, we would sometimes do it on a weeknight to like last us the rest of the week. Okay. So we would like grab some one thing for 
uh, that like the whole family would like, then maybe one thing for mom and dad, and then like another movie that my brother and I would like. Yeah. And going back to why I brought up Blockbuster, um, we would always get the giant tubs of popcorn that they had there. I see. Which, uh, that's probably the thing that I missed the most about Blockbuster. <laughs> and if you don't know, um, Blockbuster, like, they basically had the giant tubs of popcorn that you get at the movie theater, but it was a microwavable thing. So you basically oh. put the full tub in the microwave, and it would pop up and be wow. full of popcorn. It was that's so good. That's some good marketing right there. It's great, and it was so fun, and we all loved it. <laughs> and I miss you every day, Blockbuster. Oh, so sad. Do you ever wear a, a royal blue shirt just to... Yeah, but then people something. think that I work a Best Buy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so back to Despicable Me. Um, uh, uh, what was I going to say? Um, I think the look of it is really interesting. Like, I I always admire it when I watch a kid's movie and it's not just like a generic like, oh, we're animals in the jungle or something. Right. It's like they clearly worked and have very specific guidelines and ideas of what the world looks like like everything is very sharp and geometric i've always felt like the hair depiction of hair in cartoons and Mm -hmm. animation has gone way up in the last couple years um like every every head of hair is made of like thousands of hairs now and like the the ones that include animals they're even more robust uh yeah i liked the look of this one a lot i thought the besides the pleasant shape of the minions the the girls were very cute Who's yes. your favorite of the girls? Uh, probably the older one. Oh, Margot. Margot. Or um, Edith is the middle one. And then Agnes is the baby. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I guess more of a toddler. Uh, yeah, I, I just, I thought like Margot like looked out for her sisters. Are they sisters? They all have different hair colors. Um, That's a good question. Ali- oh, I think Alyssa's sleeping. Oh, my. Oh, someone <laughs> fell in the, in the uh, uh, shower. Um, I think we're good. Um, I, I, I guess they're not siblings, but I think it's like they, they maybe just started bonding in the... And there didn't seem to be any other young people at that oh. ah, okay. orphanage. Yeah, <laughs> She's the, they're the only three left. Um, but I, yeah, I loved Agnes. She's so cute. I laughed at everything she said. Yep. Um, did you, did you know that the voice of Agnes is Elsie Fisher? Oh, is she of eighth grade? Yeah. Wow, she would have been in, like, third grade back then. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that was her first movie. uh, More than that, she would have been, like, five years old or something. Yeah, that's, and, uh, in the IMDb facts, they said that when Agnes had to laugh, her dad would surprise and tickle her. Oh, that's That's just so sweet. Too cute. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so now, now I mean, I that's the thing. We didn't really take that many notes just because we were in the moment. And that popcorn was engrossing. Yeah, well, more like in delicious. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, I uh, one weird fact that I found on IMDb is that, so Will Arnett voiced Mr. Perkins, who is the... Bank. The bank, the evil bank man. The, which, the bank denied which, the human torch. Which, that's very funny. Which I did like the whole evil bank hidden within the regular bank. Yes, formerly Lehman Brothers. Very yeah. topical yeah. for 2010. Yeah. Yeah, it's like Bertie Madoff goes there. Yeah. <laughs> what other 2010 stuff? Um, Occupy uh, Wall Street. 1%, oh, yeah. You oh, yeah. Know. Oc- Occupy grew. Uh. <laughs> um, but anyway, so, um, so Will Arnett, his character, Mr. Perkins... Apparently, according to IMDb facts, he gained weight for the role because 
because he thought it would improve his voice work since Mr. Perkins is a, a heavy set man. That is method acting that is unnecessary. It also didn't make any sense because you see him, you hear his voice and he sounds no different than every other day Will Arnett. Yeah, exactly. He's a, he's a deep voiced man. Well, I guess that's some commitment. Um, I enjoyed all of the voice actors. Uh, Kristen Wiig, Jack McBrayer. Yeah, Jack McBrayer played two characters. What was the other one besides that carnival barker? He was the carnival barker and also the guy, the sunburned guy at the beginning. Oh, that guy was so sunburned. He was like, honey, it looks like I'm holding up the pyramid. <laughs> I'm Jack McBrayer. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I forgot. That was really, a, that movie started out somewhere so different. I thought it was going to be this whole thing about how all of the all of the world's monuments were stolen, but that was just a segue into Gru realizing that there's a young whippersnapper trying to take his most evil title away from him. Yeah, uh, the evil vector. Um, actually, you know what? Looking at the release date for this movie, I must have seen this at camp. Cause you it saw came movies out, at camp? It came out July... In theaters? 2010. Well, so um, there would be a couple days in between, like the first session and second session, so oh, the okay. kids that were staying the whole summer. Yeah, changeover. Yeah, they would just be like, <laughs> "Okay, the counselors are busy planning stuff. Like, we'll go out for a couple hours, so they have like, right. you know, free reign." Yeah. Um, and so I'm sure that's probably what happened. Summer 2010. I was a tour guide at my college. I was living in the dorms, having a blast. Uh, I don't think I saw a single movie that summer. Especially not Despicable Me. Uh, nope. <laughs> <laughs> Did, uh, were there any uh, Minion backpacks yet or no? No, not yet. I went to a lot of parties where the same girl would throw up. The same party. girl? Mm-hmm. Megan. I won't say her last name, but she knows who she is. <laughs> Megan, if you're listening, uh, tweet, us, was, tweet at us with the hashtag. Uh, no, test. hashtag keep my liquor down now. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> That's better. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, tw- we were in very different places we of our were. lives in 2010, but now we're like the same. Are we? Yeah, we're both cool. And hot, because we're wearing icy hot. Well, I'm still icy. <laughs> Me I too. Th- I think this one is defective. That doesn't make sense, though. Yeah. You hear us, icy hot, sponsor us. Yeah. Tell Despicable us May, up. brought to you by Icy Hot. So, a question I had is yes. that in the world, this world, the villains, it's just another profession. Mm-hmm. They're talked about on the news, but it's not... There's no sense of, like, let's eradicate these villains. They seem to be part of the ecosystem. Also interesting that there weren't... Uh, we don't really see any superheroes or anything like that. Yeah. I'm sure that Gru kind of becomes that in the sequels, in a way. Yeah. like He's an anti- he's a villain who becomes an anti-villain, maybe yeah. becomes a hero. So my question is, how does this relate to the world of The Incredibles, where, also, where superheroes are considered a profession and then they're outlawed? Oh. I think... Because they're both kind of postmodern takes... Stay with me on the superhero trope because mm-hmm. they're both kind of like we know that society almost requires this kind of myth mythology around good and evil, and in this we've moved beyond it somehow. I've lost my theory, but you understand. <laughs> there no po- no theory about postmodernism has ever truly been completed. All you have to do is mention it, and then people are like that. Yes, wow. finally. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I think. It's a lot easier to be a supervillain than a superhero because a supervillain, and we've seen, we see with Vector specifically, is that he has all these safeguards to keep people out of his house. So I think cops and any law enforcement are kind of like, we can't really intervene. So we're just going to kind of like hope that he doesn't affect us or maybe we can potentially catch him in the act. Because 
And then Gru, he's also kind of like that, except no one seems to really care what he does. Yeah. Maybe he's facing... Yeah, it's kind of like a midlife crisis. I also think this may be... Wait, is it... Neither of these supervillains actually have powers, right? It's just technology No, it's all tech. And a will. A will to cause mayhem. Um, Is this story a heartwarming story of LGBTQ parenthood? Uh... Sure. <laughs> Postmodern, of course. I ask that because... Yeah, that, that's a, it's a new uh, subsection of the gay community. We have uh, bears, twinks, and grooves. <laughs> and they, of course, have their minions. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a BDSM thing, but, you mm-hmm. know, it's, it's franchised by Universal. Um, because he's a single dad, and he, you know, he grows... He, he becomes a dad. Just like Simone de Beauvoir said, one is not born a woman, one becomes a woman. One is not born a dad, one becomes a dad. Uh, you're, bringing, <laughs> you're bringing a lot of theory to this it podcast. It is so unnecessary. Um, but uh, I, I think of him as being a, a, a lonely man who's perhaps gay. Um, kind of the trope of like single gay man raised by his overbearing mother. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, has a live-in, uh, just old man. HR man, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and, you know, the the universe smiles on him and he's able to grow a family and, and access that vulnerable part of himself. It's really lovely. I actually, had I been in a different state, like not engorged in popcorn, I would have like choked up <laughs> a little bit during those like daddy-daughter moments. I, I, I said aw yeah, really loudly. It was audible. Audible. <laughs> uh, this is not brought to you by Audible. Right <laughs> Um, actually, speaking of Dr. Nefario, um, would you like to hear some of the people that were considered for the role before it went to uh, Russell Brand? Yes, please. So four people that were in talks to be Dr. Nefario. Robert De Niro. Wow. Michael Douglas. Oh. Jeff Bridges. And Kevin Spacey. Wow. Goodness, that's a lot of old white men. Yeah. Also, like, weird, weird voice actors to yeah. be... Like, Has Robert De Niro done any voice acting? Um, yes, he was in Shark Tale. Oh, goodness. You were just a repository of knowledge. More like suppository. Oh, boy. Um, I feel like Jeff Bridges, maybe. Like, that would have been yeah, fun. Yeah, I could see that. He's a he's fun, like, fun dude. Hey, Guru, you gotta, you know, we gotta, we gotta, bathrobe. we gotta go to the moon. <laughs> I also was, could have expected Christopher Lloyd because of the oh, Doc Brown connection. That's good. That would have been a fun little nod. Yeah. Um, but also, since I did that bad impression of Jeff Bridges, uh, it's time for a segment that we are going to be doing for all four weeks of uh, Despicable May, which is a segment entitled, Gru Talkin' to Me. Oh, God. <laughs> Tell us, what's the premise of Gru Talkin' so, to Me? So, Gru Talkin' to Me uh, is going to be, every week, uh, my guest and I are going to try our darndest best to do an impression of Gru. Um, and... <laughs> He's, he's got a generic European accent, I would say. Yeah, um, Steve Carell said that he was inspired by a couple different things, but it made no sense to me. So I It's didn't like combo it. French-Slavic, I would say. Yeah, so um, uh, Tess, because you're the guest, would you like to uh, do your Gru impression for us first? Oh, God. My impressions are so bad. No. Um, what's something that he says in the movie? With, um, he, uh, talk about... Talk about the the perils of raising a do- of raising three little girls. Well, the uh, issue of uh, raising three young women in uh, this uh, society is that uh, 
you know, there are many pressures on uh, the young women and the men too, but especially the young women. Just, just FYI, I said grew and not uh, Adam Sandler. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, that's a, as much as I can do. Uh, uh, now, what, Ross, yeah, your what turn. would you like to hear uh, Gru talk about? Um, talk about uh, uh, what you're wearing. Oh, oh, I'm wearing my classic outfit. My, uh, I'm wearing a, a jumper that zips all the way from the toe to my chin. <laughs> and uh, girls, uh, don't don't touch my boots. <laughs> uh, I think that's. I think that's, yeah, that was more accurate. Yeah, was it? <laughs> uh, better than mine, I would say. Yeah. Um, uh, Alyssa said that it, my my impression is too gravelly, but she's fucking sleeping so who cares she's awake now oh now she's awake i wonder if she wants to come over i don't think she does she looks cozy in my bed um i hope she doesn't make my bed smell like a girl oh (laughs) (laughs) it's been a weird day we've we've been hanging out for like three hours already although since we last podcasted together we've spent more time than three hours together yeah we've become Uh, friends well better friends yeah better friends because one day about three months ago, that was like five months ago, it was oh, in December. Oh, yeah, we do need to talk about this. This needs to be talked about publicly. Yeah, this was very soon after I moved into my apartment. Yeah, it was like five months ago, so about mm-hmm. a year after our first Matilda recording, episode 35. Uh, I'm big, you're small. <laughs> I'm smart, you're dumb. <laughs> Ross and I watched, or attempted to watch, all six Sharknado movies in one day. We did this in that uh, bleak time between Christmas and New Year's. Uh, I think we did it on Boxing Day. Yes, the 26th, that's right. Uh, It was harrowing. It was enlightening. It was uh, soul-crushing. I did manage to watch all six. I finished the last one and a half at home. Yeah, because my boyfriend came over in the middle of four, or in the middle of five, and I was like, okay, I think this is a good point. Yeah, and you were cooking chicken, I think, in the the crock pot. Yeah, I was finishing up my tacos. That's right. So that was quite an experience that, God, I hope nobody else ever does. Because uh, it was, we had fun for the, the first, first two movies. Yep. And then, and then the third movie, we immediately got it's like upset. that. It's like hour five on an eight-hour flight. And you're like, <laughs> okay, this is good. I've been watching things. I've been reading. Took a little nap. Walked around. We got the snacks. And you're like, oh, my God. I've been on this plane forever, and I will die on this plane. And we even tried taking a couple breaks. Like we, yeah, we walked, we did some exercises. Some snacks, yeah, but it, it just, it broke us. Yeah, and uh, CIA, if you're listening, possible torture device, I don't know. Uh, and yeah. also, shout out to Tara Reed. Yeah, you go girl. Um, yeah, it was, it was rough. Um, not suitable to be discussed on kid flicks because those are not kid movies. No, even though there are kids in them. Yeah, and there's probably like, kid sharks too. Kid shark doo doo. <laughs> was this before Baby Shark? Yeah. Wow. Gosh. Wow. Time flies when you're being tortured by, by your own accord. Exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so that was an important part of me and Ross's friendship. Um, and, uh, yeah. And yeah, yeah, and we, uh, and we are stronger for it now. Sure. Now we can handle anything. Yeah, now we can handle all the Fast and Furious movies. No, I, what? Won't, I won't do that. Uh, yeah, I feel I feel like that would just be like watching one long movie. Because with the Sharknado movies, the genres moved around so drastically yeah. that it was like, okay, I can now I'm into this instead of that. 
but Fast and the Furious, I, I've never seen any of them, but no. I'm sure they're the same movie over and over again. And one of them, there's a submarine, apparently. Um, let's see. If you had to steal something that was really, really big, like the moon, which is the target of Gru's <laughs> mayhem in this movie, what would you steal? What would I steal? Yeah. Um, I would... I mean, we're in Philly, so I think i got to steal the Liberty Bell. Okay, okay. I would... It's not the biggest thing, but I think it's just symbolically. Yeah. I would steal... What? <laughs> Tell uh, me. You're an improviser. Don't think, just answer. What uh, I, my first thought is the Wienermobile. That's because <laughs> a girl I knew at camp was... You just commit Grand Theft Auto. That's your big evil Yeah, <laughs> She was a Meyer. Her family Whoa. was Oscar Meyer, yeah. They had sold the company a couple generations ago, but she got to take that Wienermobile to prom, and I was always real jealous of that. That's really cool. Yeah. I took my dad's Hyundai to prom. I took him. I was on a school bus. Um, we hired a school bus. That's, yeah, okay. It was fine. It was like yeah. five bucks. Oh, um, yeah. Good call, then. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, man, I want to steal, like, some kind of big novelty thing, like the peachoid peach thing in Georgia or oh. South Carolina, wherever that is. I, no, that's Georgia. Uh, yeah. And, or, maybe a big painting. Something that I could actually, you know. Enjoy. You enjoy it. Yeah, I think that's good, too. Because I have a big white space on my wall over there, and why not put a very expensive stolen painting on there? Yeah, and who would think you would Me, keep, be keeping that? mild-mannered Ross Wiseman, yeah, but a, by night. <laughs> slightly more evil-mannered Ross Wiseman. Ross Evilman. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, um, do you have any final thoughts or uh, things that you wanted to mention about Despicable Me before we rate it for this very special month? Um... I thought it was a good length. I thought it had a good amount of dialogue to silence. I noticed that there was a lot of silent parts, and I think that's, or like nonverbal parts, mm-hmm. uh, appealing, I think, to younger ones. Um, uh, has a good, overall has a good yeah, kind of heartwarming message, and I, I liked seeing a, a father be loving, or a man become a father through love rather than it always being about the mother. Yeah, the the cute little children's books are very nice. Yes, that was very cute. Um yeah, I, I enjoy it. So we do have a special rating system for Despicable May. Okay. So uh, just like for March Muppiness, we have three ratings. I'm sorry, what was that it. about March? March Muppiness. Oh, okay. Uh, it's like March Madness. Yeah, Mupp- I understand. No, no, <laughs> let me explain it again. No. Um, <laughs> so the three options we have, if if you love it, if you think it's great, you're going to give it a rating of So Big and Fluffy. Uh, if you thought it was all right, you'll give it a Despicable Meh. And if you think it's bad, it's bananas. <laughs> wow. I feel like bananas should be in the middle. No, no. Meh is a medium. You're right. Yeah. Uh, I would give it the top one. Big and f- soft and fluffy. Big and fluffy? Although, I, if you're talking about the minions here, I think <clears throat> minions are more, more taut. I think they have more surface tension than fluff. Yes. I think of them as stress balls filled with like sand rather than... Oh, I agree. But yeah. we're talking about the giant unicorn. Oh, of course. Yeah. Excuse me. We all remember that now famous scene. Of Agnes getting what she wants. Yes, that was, um, it really was an allegory about parenting mm-hmm. and the demands of modern life. And, and fairness. Of course. Yeah. So what would you give it rating? Honestly, I think I would also give it a So Big and Fluffy. Yay. Um, like, I wasn't bored. No. And I think that's a very important thing because I've seen enough of these that I'm like, okay, I have to finish this for the podcast, right. but I don't want to. But I was I was engaged. I had and my, like if I my was friends at, by my side. If I was at a children's birthday party or something where they play one of these in the future 
I wouldn't be annoyed. I would watch it. You'll say, shh. Yeah, I'd say, I have to watch this. Uh, I think I would like to see the Minions movie. I would like it to come to me. I don't want to seek it out, but I mm-hmm. want it to come to me because I would like to know more about their origin story um, in in a cinema version. I could look it up, sure, but what's the joy in that? Yeah, yeah. You'll, They're a visual you medium. You won't be on for the rest of Despicable May, but you will watch all the movies Yeah, still, exactly. So you can be caught up. <laughs> well, great. Well, like, that's a pretty good start to Despicable May. We'll see uh, what we think of Despicable Me 2 next week. Despicable hashtag Me Too? <laughs> wow. Topical. Oh, no. Um, all right. Uh, Tess, thanks so much for, for coming on and Thank getting Thank you for wet. having me, Ross. <laughs> uh, by what you mean, walking in the rain here yes. while listening to an erotic podcast? Yes. I was walking in the rain. I said, ooh, Despicable Me. <laughs> Uh, do you have, do you have anything uh, to plug or promote? Uh, nope. Cool. Great. <laughs> you know, just like be kind to yourself. Oh, be kind. And like surround yourself with soft things if that's what you like, be it minion or otherwise. Yeah, you know what? Go out and treat yourself to um, a giant Despicable Me minion plush. Yeah. So Win can, it at a carnival so for a child. you can sleep and cuddle with Stuart at night. Yeah. Uh, well, great. I don't have anything to plug. Actually, this Thursday uh, at the Philly Improv Theater, if you're listening to this when it comes out, I will be... Uh, performing in Philly Song John with Sean. Oh, so what time is that? Uh, I believe it's eight. Well, then you can stick around for my show at nine. Oh, you can leave Russ's show early and then come to my show. At oh, it's nine. probably at eight then. If yours is at nine, yeah, they're doing it on the hour now. Mm, cool. Great. Great. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all for listening. We will hear you next week, and we have a special ending for Despicable May. Time to deliver the cookies. <laughs> <laughs>